Welcome in to DC On Screen, a podcast about the DC Universe properties being brought to film and television. I'm your host, David C. Robertson, and this is Jason. Hello. All right. Well, this has been a long time coming. We've been talking about doing this for most of the summer. I, we are reviewing the 1990s Flash series. And I have no apologies for how long that took. This was this was work. It, it's been a tough ride, man. It's not. <laughs> it, it, I mean, if it was a book, it, you wouldn't call it a page turner. I, I don't know. Oh, what, my God. There's not actually a good phrase yet for when something is a page turner, but on Netflix, like a Netflix turner or a, a next cure or a, a, a flicks turner, a next clicker, um. uh, a click, a click nexter. Next flicker. <laughs> hey, sit there for 15 seconds while Netflix picks the next next episode. Or I don't know. Right. I think that's just that called. Uh, I think that's just called uh, a coma. I, you call it a coma. I call it Saturday. What do you want? <laughs> oh man. So um, the reason, <clears throat> as we have stated, mm-hmm. that uh, we are doing this, we decided to do this, was because one, they've brought in. They've brought in characters from the original 1990 series into the new um, into the new series. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though the old series is not canon, elements of it seem to be. Um, and like they, they, now we have watched the series and can verify this. There's no reason they can't be. Yeah, um, they did. They brought in um, Amanda Pays as Doctor Tina McGee. And sure. they brought in the dude who played Officer Bellows, and now he's Mayor Bellows. Mm-hmm. And they also brought in Mark Camel as the original trickster and wound up showing footage and shots from those old episodes. Right. So um, so in this version of it, there, there was no flash uh, to stop the trickster. The police stopped the trickster in, in this reality. But they have John Wesley Shipp, the original Flash in this show as Henry Allen. So there's no reason why he can't be a flash from a separate reality. Um, and we, we kind of think they might be going that direction. Actually, um, someone asked, uh, John Wesley ship, if they were going to be throwing him into a flash costume soon. Mm-hmm. And he seemed cagey as hell and went, I mean, no, I mean, well, I mean, it, it, well, it couldn't be that costume. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, he was real weird about it, and I can't I can't remember exactly what he said. But did he mention wasn't exactly hands? news? No, but it okay. wasn't exactly news. But it also wasn't something that shouldn't be noted to some degree because he seemed real weird about it. I I don't know why they couldn't do it. It'd be a fun story. You've already got the Flash '90s series sitting on a shelf doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. You've already used parts of it. Um, you pulled back the best part of it. You pulled the trickster back into it. Yeah, and we did think it was a little bit weird that he that they re- would release the entire series on CW Seed at this I mean, juncture. That's that was the other part. Um, the there was a lot leading up to to deciding that we had to watch this show. Uh, Curiosity was. was at play at first, and Curiosity was um, beaten back by the the weeds of discontent. I'd say we, it's <laughs> it's not it's not. Yeah, okay, all right. I've already said it's a bad show, so I'll move on. But. <clears throat> I, knowing that it, it, there's so many things that could work about it, we just wanted to be ahead of the game if it actually does work. Um, right. And I think, here's the thing, as as bad as the show was in terms of pacing and special effects at times, and, and basically in just general overall story, there's not like a big overarching story being told. No, which is a, a shame for that many episodes to not be able to tell one cogent story. Well, I mean, it was, it was a product of the time. No one wanted to do that kind of 
you know, I mean, yes, cereal though, cereal was, it wasn't as popular as it got to be. Uh, you and I were talking about like Chris Carter as a contemporary at the time, um, was kind of, well, as you pointed out, going back to like the X-Files, uh, it, he was weaving in a serialized story over the, the week to week stuff. Mm. And at the, I I guess at the time he was kind of getting away with it. We yeah. hadn't gotten to, you know, the Sorkins of the world hadn't taken over and started just shoving the cereal thing down our throats. Um, well, really, I mean, at the time, I would, you know, aside from, from something like, like uh, you know, Melrose Place, Place and Nine Out of and one of those nighttime soaps or whatever, Dallas or something like that, right. most shows didn't really go into the serialized format. Um, hell, uh, the yeah, X Files and then Star Trek: Deep Space Nine or two that pop right in mind as, as two of the frontrunners. It wasn't really that, and they were considered crazy for doing it. Um, the X Files did it to a fair amount of success, and uh, Deep Space Nine never got. You know, that's where the Star Trek franchise started losing viewers. Yeah, there was real um, splintering at that point. Yeah, there was a lot of splintering, and uh, to but. Those were always my favorites. Like, I hated, like, Next Generation was very procedural and standalone every episode. There wasn't a lot of continuity, like, going into, into like, a storyline. Deep Space Nine really had that. And, um, but that was what started you know, gripping me. I mean, that's my preference, is I but, want to see you tell a story over a series of, a long series of time. I would say it didn't even completely really start to take hold, though, until Netflix. Well, like now it's just plain taken over because you can drop 13 episodes at a time. Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't like you couldn't do that before. It's uh, Part of it was that people made money off syndication. Just that that was mm-hmm. the goal. You get to 100 episodes, you can resell your series to another network, um, mm-hmm. and now you're selling it for free money. You don't have production costs. You don't have shit to pay for. You've got a few royalty right. fees to, to dish out here and there, but mm-hmm. you know something like a Star Trek, it's not like you're using an old Beatles song any damn where. You're not going to like... You, you just It's free money, and that was the point, was to get them up there to the free money period, but you didn't want to mm-hmm. bet on syndication for airing everything at the same time or airing it in the right order or whatever. So right. you wanted people to just be able to get attached to a show, come in and watch it every week. If they missed a week, whatever, come back. It was supposed to be light, I guess, in that sense. But yeah. it missed a lot of the drama that you can pull off with a movie when you have a story that's being told like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, Lost was another one that was really great for that. And uh, I think a lot of shows have have, uh, have taken that to heart. And um, that's kind of where it is now. Yeah. But back in these days, standalone was the, was the way to go. That's the way you had to do it. So, uh, I mean, everything don't get wrong, that, uh, I, I know there are exceptions to what we're talking about. It just, we're talking about yeah, the, sure. the, the zeitgeist of it. It was, it, that's what it looked like. And people were toying with it. Like we've already brought up quantum leap in reference to the flash. Um, right. But even quantum leap, like the opening credits, like gave you the premise and every episode was a standalone episode. Right. It was every, you know, like season finale or so you'd, you'd happen to get it. And I did, I watched quantum leap in sun in syndication. I, it, mm-hmm. I, I was exactly one of these people that was watching watching an episode and thought, oh, what did I miss? Um, right. But then you, you jump over and you look at things like, you know, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., which actually gave, like, chapter titles to every episode. Um, right. You look at what up, stuff, something like – Right. You look at something <laughs> like uh, Twin Peaks. Um, Twin Peaks yeah. had a very deep mythology. Yeah, and it died. It, it <laughs> died a swift death. It died um, hard. Yeah. It, so, it like, did. the precedent was 
let's do this shit law and order style. Let's do standalone well, adventures and move on with our damn day. Right. Look, that's that's a, the like Hollywood isn't the people who make it are creatives and the people who run it are not. Uh, the the people who make it are the kind of people that you know want to go do something crazy, want to do a serialized and bite off more than they could possibly mm-hmm. chew and try to get it anyway. And the people who make it though, they want to make a thing that has proven to make money. I mean. Mm-hmm. The people who actually put money into these things are the people who want an ROI. They they want their money back and more, so they bank right. on what they've seen work. Yep. So for that, I can't completely be against the '90s Flash because I mean, well, I mean, you had the the first initial problem of the show. I, I can get over a lot of stuff. I can get over bad special effects. I'm an old school Star Trek fan, old school Doctor Who fan. I like these these old effects. They don't bother me. So right. I mean the the old Henson like Labyrinth for instance still looks great. Yeah, yeah. still looks better I than have, a lot of CGI. Fuck that puppetry was where it was at for a while. So you know yeah I can get over bad special effects as long as there's a good story and and good dialogue, good personifications of characters. And I understand that dialogue changes uh, from decade to decade. Uh, the way people uh, perceive the world and the way art is created changes significantly. But again, I can get behind a lot of that stuff. As long as we're not, not going to get on to someone for saying that something was rad. Okay, things happen right. in time periods. Whatever. Right. But the old, the old, the, this Flash series. Well, number one, mm-hmm. they had a number of problems. One, they were trying way, way, way too hard to be Tim Burton's Batman. <laughs> from a, from an aesthetic point point yeah. of view, they were trying so hard. Like no, they had they, already seen, they had seen Beetlejuice. They were playing around with the timeless nature that Gotham is doing right now, that that the Tim Burton Batman movies did, and that Batman the Animated Series did. By the way, there are some big connections with this show and Batman the Animated Series, as Danny Elfman did the the main theme, and Shirley Walker did the um, the full on uh, series score. Yeah. Uh, also, they had Mark Hamill as the trickster. Animated series Batman had Mark Hamill as the Joker. Um, I mean, you can look at it. It looks, it looks, uh, it's displaced in time. They have computers, but the cars look like they're from the 1950s. Right. Um, and their computers of, are even, like uh, their computers are, are, are kind of in a vacuum. Uh, it, you mm-hmm. watch the computers in this show and it, they meant it, uh, they meant it to be one thing. It did not play for me like that. And I'm, I'm trying to take away the fact that I'm trying to peel away the years and it still doesn't, that still wasn't the right choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up, I grew up with computers, man. I, it, I, we like our, our age group, we grew up in the digital age when it was developing, you know, we were getting, (laughs) we were getting dial up modems that were faster and like a 56 K dial up modem at one point was my Christmas present. And I could not have been happier. Like that's where we are on this. I remember looking at these graphics and I remember how shitty they were. This was, they could have made better graphics. They made different, weird, off-putting graphics instead. It didn't Mm -hmm. play. It just didn't play. Period. It did not. Um, they didn't create that timelessness they were going for. They just it, it was Looney Tunes. One of the other big problems I would say for this show, uh, other than pacing, like, well, let me just get into pacing real quick. All right, so <laughs> we're not going to pace this actual show. So yeah, go for it. This show. This is going to be like, Willie with a side of Nilly. What yeah, it was like whoever was writing and directing these episodes had no concept of the three act structure. No, because no. you would get a climax Absolutely and then you not. would get. You would get the climax for the show, and things would be over, and then we'd get like a whole fourth act. 
Right. Where, I don't know, Barry and Julio were hanging out, or what was his name? Was that his name, Julio? No, it was Julio Mendez. Yeah, Julio Mendez. <laughs> Julio Mendez. Okay. So he and Julio were just hanging out and going on a blind date, and you're like, why? Um, I don't know. It would just be weird like that. It, it was It was like you need a whole act for an epilogue. Yeah. Um, I just, like, these episodes are, in comparison, you know, I watch the, you know, I watch Arrow and Gotham and Flash, and I'm like, by the end of an episode, I'm like, no, not yet, not yet. <laughs> I'm, I've, I've, be, I've become like so addicted to the cliffhanger ending that I'm just, I, I'm like, okay, here comes the ending, and then I look at like the little time stream, and it's like, I've still got ten minutes left. How? No, How the, do I have the worst 10 minutes part left? for me was you would be sitting. I, I would actually schedule time in my life to sit down and and attempt watching this show, uh-huh. and I, I would. It was frustrating, man. You would you would watch an episode, you'd, like, you'd click play, you'd sit down, you'd you know eat a hot dog or whatever the hell it was, and watch the damn show. And just you start, you get that feeling that something's about to happen. That you're no man, you were halfway through. You, mm-hmm. you or, or even you'd watch certain scenes. Or in the in the rare event where you actually could figure out, oh, this is going to be the climax. Gotcha. Okay. Or you're, you're watching, mm-hmm. going, yeah, the mirror master hasn't been taken care of yet. I know that's going to be a thing. So you're not fooled by the pre-climaxes. Great. So you actually know that's going to happen, and you find yourself sitting there watching, going, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, watching the build-up, thinking like 15 minutes worth of screen time has passed, and it's been four. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The the show feels very slow. It it was a slug dragging its ass through molasses sometimes. Yeah. And, um, God. So I want to ask you this, because you're a dog person. (laughs) Did you get tired of Earl? No. Did you? You didn't get tired of Barry constantly talking to Earl like he was a human and like all the cutesy dog shit that went on in the show. You didn't. I think you you outlined your entire. I think you asked and answered your own question Uh, (laughs) by referring to me as the dog person. You have I can infer that you are not the dog person and therefore you wouldn't understand that what we do is talk to our animals as though they were the the bearingers of our feelings. Yeah, we No, That's not weird. You don't get tired of it. Okay. My dog has an IQ of about four. I, I talk to her every day. <laughs> yeah, now, I, I get that. I mean, yeah, no, I didn't get tired of the cutesy dog stuff. I, I did. <laughs> there's a, you know, come on, it's a show that was ran from 1990 to 1991. I don't even want to say the S word before we start this. So it, it, somewhere late the in the series, like, yeah, uh, spoilers. I, I, it doesn't even deserve oh. saying. Um <laughs> It's not even spoilers. It's the other S word. We're saving you. We're saving yeah. you from all of these Look, conclusions, from all of this judgment, from all of the time maybe, you'll waste. I think it's there's there's First. a concerted possibility that one of the reasons I hate the Earl scene so much uh-huh. is because I feel like they they paid a certain amount of money for a dog trainer to come on set with a dog that was an actor dog. That would, you know, do things on command. So they said, okay, we have to justify this, and we've got to have the dog in every episode for an extended period of time. Therefore, we have to concoct, we have we have to find ways of making it to where in almost every episode, Barry has to have someone come hang out or stay with him at his apartment. And every time he has to be like, what, what, me? I mean, I guess you could stay. I don't know how many uh, times I heard in this series I can bunk down here with Earl. Actually, no, yeah, at least three times. Yeah, and that shouldn't be like a major return point in your series arc. Is 
And someone hangs out with the dog. Right. I'm filming Wishbone. <laughs> There's a show I haven't thought about in a while. <laughs> hey, welcome back, buddy. There's the story. Hello. So, okay. No, the, the dog, like, uh, and a show that spent this much money on graphics this bad, I don't think they tried to milk the dog trainer. I think they just actually thought it was a good decision. No, I think they had him on retainer, like they had to pay him, and they had to justify <laughs> that. That's what I think. That's what I think. Somebody somebody somewhere was sleeping with someone else. Yep. And somehow that resulted in a dog trainer that was employed for further, longer than they should have been. Yep. I don't know. I just... Speaking... Uh, you know, my, speaking, my heart, and I keep thinking like, yeah, Earl was a good dog. He was a pretty dog. Let's leave him on the show. It's that simple. Like, if you're a dog person, I guess, in this scenario, you're, you're just... You're good. I'm good. Speaking of dogs, speaking of dogs that were employed for longer than they should have been on this show, (laughs) that asshole Joe Pike, the guy that kills Jay Allen. What a (sighs) terrible character. What a terrible actor. Actually, I completely disagree about the actor. He was awful. I actually completely disagree, but I think he was awful in context. I think if you put him in the right spot, he was probably pretty damn menacing. What is the right spot? Another show. (laughs) What I'm show not could sure it possibly be? I'm not sure exactly what he could have been doing. I, he reminds me of like every villain I saw in early 90s television. He he seemed to fit the bill pretty well. I I, I didn't feel like it was, mm. this this wasn't his problem. And I, I kind of, I liked the way he carried himself. I liked that laid back charisma too. I actually kind of half dug the Pike character. I actually did. No, I see. I would think, uh, not, not, sorry, not Joe Pike, Nick Pike. Um, that was Michael Nader. Um, mm, okay. okay. I figured like n- from my knowledge of, of you and over the course of our friendship, we've had many conversations and I was very, very certain that you would completely hate his character and hate the actor <laughs> because nothing in this show screamed terrible eighties decision more than his character. <laughs> He was a poor man's Kurt Russell. He was. And I think the only part of that equation you're missing is that this time period is 25 years ago. And I've forgotten the contemporaries enough to, to judge him as the poor man's. <laughs> like, I'm not looking at, 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 you know, John Voight being cast and thinking, I mean, you couldn't get, you couldn't get walking, could you? I mean, everything about this dude was overblown, motorcycle riding, bomb throwing, leather jacket, <laughs> scars on his face. This is the poor man's Lobo. Your brother begged for his life. He was pathetic. You know why I uh, liked that scene, though? Um, I, I really punched him. Yeah. The look on Barry's face when he punches him is at, <clears> he. He actually had me for a second. It was an entertaining show there for a second. Like he he punches him and he's just yelling, "Get up!" And, and I, I and he sold it. John Wesley sold yeah, it. Yeah, for just a second, you you forget that John Wesley Ship is wearing parachute pants, <laughs> right? <laughs> as he wears in every episode. Oh, I there are a lot of those. There are. And there are so many I, tropes. It's like there's so many tropes. Like you get Julio making fun of the way Barry dresses and stuff. Uh-huh. And then While like he's wearing and, the teen colored yeah, shirt. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that's right. Tell him, Julio. And then you see what Julio likes wearing and you're like, oh, you're that guy. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're essentially every member of the cast of a different world combined. Yeah. Okay. You're the, the guest anchor on a <laughs> on a series that I enjoyed on MTV in the early nineties. You're that right. guy who showed up the week that my guy was on vacation and I always right. went, Oh 
Yep. Oh, now, uh, you know, as much as I'll joke about Julio, I love that actor. Yeah. Every time I see him. Every like, time like I've him enjoyed in, him. Like, liked him on Boy Meets World, liked mm-hmm. him in Becker. Um, we, can we say anything more than we liked him on Becker? Okay, no, we can't say more. We liked him on Boy Meets World. That's a good point, too. What we're saying is this man has been in terrible properties for the, the for his whole life, and we've still enjoyed him, so mm-hmm. clearly he's good. I think he should be elevated above this this level of material myself, but waiting eh, for that breakout well. gritty role. Maybe he should come be the police captain in Gotham now. I, 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 I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that's a good call at all. Oh, uh, Come on, man. Yeah, you shot right. down his clobber in time, but you... No, nah, never mind. Okay. Different, <laughs> different thing. Go back and listen to that guy. <laughs> oh, now, tell man. me tell me if you agreed with this though um you to to go back to your pacing um in a way if you you know blur your eyes enough like the, this show kind of has the the timing of of uh the batman the animated series in a it, way it, it does in a lot it of ways, paced yeah. itself the dialogue was spaced that way it it felt like that sometimes mm. but somehow it didn't work here well, the reason it didn't work was Batman the Animated Series was a 30-minute show, and this was an hour long. Um, if they that had felt like an hour up, and 45 minutes long. Yeah, if they had wrapped it up in 30 minutes, that would have been the optimal, I think. Um, I actually, that would be a fun <laughs> supercut experiment. Could you cut down the episodes of The Flash enough to actually make them good television? I'm sure I could, but I'd have to watch them again. <laughs> There have to be lines that you draw in life, you know? All right. Now, look, man, I don't I don't want to. There are obvious things that we can make fun of in this show. Like for uh, a good probably almost half the season, they just have them going up against normal guys, it seems like. And that was real boring. It was that um, they should have left that real early on. And to be fair to the show, they had every intention of going into season two with a real rogues gallery. They did. They did. But um, that was that was poor foresight. How much money were you spending on those graphics? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we do. We have a lot of cool people showing up. Um, Brian Cranston shows up as Philip Moses. Um, God, so young, too. Dude, Jeffrey yeah. Combs showed up. Adam West showed up. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I can't hate on some of these decisions. <laughs> these Same weren't the time. worst thing that happened. By the way, and I have to call out, episode three is called Watching the Detectives. Right. Any show, I don't care how bad the show is, any show that names an episode as a reference to an Elvis Costello song, mm-hmm. that's my approval. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. That's a good call. Um, <laughs> um, I can do there, were, there were actual cool things in the show, though. There were actually good things in the show. Like, I actually enjoyed Captain Cold. Yeah, The only way was. it could have been um, better... Is if they had switched the actors, like, because he's working for uh, uh, this guy named Swain, I think, and that mm-hmm. was Jeffrey Combs. If they had right. just switched the actors and Jeffrey Combs was Captain Cold, I think it would have been cooler. But cooler, you say? <laughs> but I did like that. I did like I did like this dude, whoever was playing Captain Cold. Um, yeah, I tried to and, find him uh, other places. I am. I am. Th- there was IMD being happening, and I I really mm-hmm. I couldn't find any other damn thing I'd ever seen him in. Which confused mm-hmm. me because I swear I knew his face, but and I, I liked his I liked his role, man. But couldn't. Oh, one episode that I actually liked a fair amount: Twin Streaks. Hated yes, that one. A, a play on on Twin Peaks. But I mean, yes. how do you how could you hate that one? By the way, if you're one, playing on shows that died, right? But yeah, I mean, how can you one. hate that though? 
how? I just, I got real bored with, don't get me wrong, it was kind of fun to see, it It was more fun to watch John Wesley Shipp do something completely fucking different. I actually yeah. really enjoyed that part, but I got yeah. so bored with the premise. Like, I well, want to say okay. 20 minutes in, but it was probably 10. I, I, like, whoever the scientist was that was playing the dude that created him was mm-hmm. awful. There's but, a lot um, of that happening. Whoever was playing mm, the scientist that blah, 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 insert X here, right, was awful. Right. Um, but I liked one. Blue is my favorite color. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed seeing a blue flash. <laughs> and that was, two, that was hard for me not to enjoy. I know. Um, but uh, yeah, like the like John Wesley Shipp did a really great job. Like I loved that Pollux was so um, was so like angry and grief stricken. Like he he wanted Barry's life. He wanted to know where he came from. He you know all of that was really well done. I thought it. A lot of the actual character stuff was fun. It was just I wish they'd. You know, I, and then he I sacrificed himself for Barry. He yeah, sacrificed the, himself for Barry. That the story on paper eye, was good. It did not bring a tear to your eye. It did. Not this, not this show. I don't know. I got I, maybe a little moisture in one eye over over Pollock's demise, over his sacrifice. I I it, I don't even know where it, it. I feel hypocritical now because I I on the one hand I really enjoyed John Wesley's performance of Pollock's. On the other hand. I got the the episodes feel so long that I was done with this whole man child thing, and I I kind of wished it had been more nuanced and that he had yeah. grown more and matured more. But at the same time, you know, you can't mature really. You can grow and develop capacities, I guess, but there's just whole classes being taught about whether you can mature in that kind of time frame and nature versus nurture and yada yada. I bottom line ended up being I got bored with the man child thing about twenty five minutes in. You know what actually really bothered me about that episode was that his hair didn't grow <laughs> in the chamber. Yeah, that's a good point. They got to a certain to a certain level, and I guess there were there must have just been a barber there constantly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was just in the incubation chamber. And he comes out, and he has like no facial hair, no and shaving him really. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, geez. Um, one of the the big annoyances for me in this show was they the constant revolving door of women that Barry had to date. Oh my god, it was it was strange and uh, I mean they, they only had one good mechanism. It really was. It was there was one good mechanism for actually getting you know I guess possible suitors into his life, and it was just Julio and Sabrina. So. Yep. Julio sometimes pushes dates on him. Apparently, uh, Julio's, do they say, is it fiance, girlfriend, wife, whatever, his, his significant other, um, pushing other blind dates on him. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, he spends most of his time with Tina or running mm-hmm. around beating up people or doing right. work at a lab. Mm-hmm. And there's I, I, there's not a lot of opportunity for him to go out and date. Anyway, so well, to I mean, they start off the show with in, Iris. Though, to have new love interests, like every freaking yeah. second or third week minimally. And this is like one of the most morally confusing issues on the show because they start off with Iris. It seems like she wants to – he'll lay off of the marriage thing and she'll be okay and, and they're they're together. Second episode, she's off in Paris, which is fine because she was a terrible character. This Iris was a terrible, selfish character. She was weird. Emily. And the fact that they wrote her so – and I know they wrote her. They, they wanted to do the nod to Iris so the fans will be like, yay, Iris. But, I mean, this is a woman who winds up, winds up marrying Barry Allen in the comic books. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, 
I would have so honestly wanted- been happier if they just took her out of the first episode entirely and used the she's in Paris premise twice. Right. And, just, you know, she's they, in prayers the entire time and have him look really sad when he gets off the phone with her and we kind of know, okay, the lost love. And then you don't have to mm-hmm. show me this terrible character you came up with that has yeah. nothing to do with the canon. Yep. Um, now, I mean, they're, they're, but so, okay. So you have Iris and she, you know, she doesn't even really necessarily, I don't even think she breaks up with, with Barry. I don't even know, but maybe she sends him a dear John letter. Um, Julio wants to keep getting, putting him on dates with these weird girls and oh yeah that's so funny ha 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 right um there were it seems like there was a lot more blind date comedy in the 90s is that just something yeah. that came and went well the internet happened so no need for blind dates anymore that's you can a just good look point. up anyone yeah, on you facebook can tender the hell out of somebody yeah um i i was so confused i've i've never i've I, i'm not that people are going to think i'm lying i i've never been on tinder in my life me um, either because that came around long after i was been in a, in a long-term relationship and right it has um, never come up in my life so i was so confused the first time i heard a reference on you know <laughs> mass media that said oh my god they're a swipe left or whatever the hell they'd phrased it as i i yeah I kind of, some part of me vaguely remembered like hotornot.com and I kind of thought, is that a, is that, is that a, what, what, hold on, does that mean they're ugly? What happened now? What happened right now? And someone explained yeah. it to me very slowly. Yeah. I mean, when we, well, I, I don't know how your time frame exactly lines out, but I remember being single during the MySpace, okay, Cupid, uh, whatever. I'll call it a fiasco. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> when I heard that there was a thing called Tinder, Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I was never so desperate to hold on to my relationship. And <laughs> <laughs> it's the best and, thing that could have happened. <clears throat> very much love my girlfriend and uh, plan on being with her for as long as this mortal coil will sustain me. Right. Uh, so, you know, to even be more uh, beholden to that means I that mean, there's true you're, fear there. What you're there. saying is that, that Tinder, Tinder pushed you pretty far. On, yeah, uh, pretty far into a ledge that you didn't know extended that far. I oh man! Uh, but it, like it's dating. still like the the blind date jokes seemed like they kind of went the way of the airline food jokes. Yeah, yeah. But you know, by that measure, though, I kind of enjoyed it more than certain other elements of the show. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> um, yeah, because though, they were I mean, mildly entertaining, and in, in what was otherwise sometimes a vacuum of entertainment. And, and but you know. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Here's something I really enjoy. Uh-huh. Everything, everything involving Wait. Oh, Nightshade. I was going to guess. I was going to guess Nightshade. Damn it. I was trying because I was, <laughs> oh, I was sure you were going to say Nightshade. I completely fucking agree. 100%. I would have watched a Nightshade <clears throat> series in a heartbeat. I would have too, man. I loved, I loved friggin' Nightshade. He was awesome. He, he really was. <laughs> He really, and you know, I ended um, up really, I would have watched, I, I kind of did. I wanted like a six episode miniseries about Nightshade and uh, what they call him? Uh, Night Frost? What was his little, what was that? What was that? Hmm? I, what was that? Uh, he's a criminal. He's oh. Kind of right um, between rat and honest criminal, if that's possible. <laughs> oh gosh. What was his name? Um, that poor bastard. He's in like, <laughs> he's in like seven or so of the last, the last half of the series. He's, he's all over the place. Wait. What? Who is He's this? All, I thought you were talking about the bad guy in the first Nightshade episode. No, 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 no. Uh, the the guy that keeps turning on uh, all the criminals. It's the guy, the second, the, the deadly Nightshade episode where uh, Nightshade has to come back and prove that he hasn't gone all uh, lethal on everyone. 
Mm-hmm. Right. At, somewhere at the end of that episode, the real Nightshade walks into, uh, you know, the, the criminal bar, but what would be the Iceberg Lounge if you were in Central City? Oh. <clears throat> and it's like the guy who he sits down oh, with the, and buys um, a drink. It's like something Frost or something. Yeah, it's like Frohickey or something. Fosnight. There you it. go. Fosnight. Yeah, he was in like a few of the first episodes and then was not really in the middle of the series. And then he a was ton of the last really episodes. in the last few he was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed. Yeah, that. I would have. I wanted like a little buddy cop show with him and Nightshade for just 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 a few episodes. Just breaking off a few men. <laughs> just a little Kit Kat. Yeah, no, like a, tri- a triumvirate is right? Foz Knight, <laughs> Nightshade, and Alpha. Yes. Yes. Right. Oh. And and we will never speak of Omega the Terminator ripoff again. Not God help you, no. <laughs> <laughs> you must come back with me. I am Omega. Oh, I am why? not a, I, a copyrighted ripoff. Please come with me. It was so bad. <laughs> Although I, I kept. Uh, what was the show from uh, the the DCAU that uh, we lost? The one that we can't find. I'm really bad with names right now. We've been doing this too long. Zed or Zeta? All right. Um, oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah. The Zeta project. Yeah, Alpha ended up being reminding me the a lot of Zeta. I can see that. Yeah. And sure enough, every time I've seen that 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 concept of it, I've really enjoyed it. Then again, yeah, I was a fan of Data was, when I watched Star Trek. I, uh, yeah. Right, right. Um, she was one of those things where she was another one of those instances where, like, I don't know, they just they put a woman into a scene and then tried so hard to make like they had like every guy talk about how hot she was, and it was so weird and off putting to me. It really was. <laughs> I. Oh man! And it's not. It's. I'm looking for next I, year's model. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to say it's. Oh. And even even Frost Knight there saying like uh, she wishes she was alive, and he's like, I wish you were too. No, man, you've already developed some like paternal relationship with her. Don't don't betray that with this weird sexual comment. You you. Yeah, that was, it was weird. Deranged asshole. <laughs> they, <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh. I, it. Yeah, they kind of like Alpha in particular. Uh, there was a lot to that. They could have made a they could have made a show out of that that might actually work, but they would have had to leave behind all of the the forcing that and the, and it, it, and it was it was awkward. Like the first couple times they mentioned she was pretty, you're, you kind of go, okay, well we've I mean she's she's a good looking gal, so I was willing to play with that. We've established it as as part of her character. Cool, great, move on. No, yeah. then they just keep doing it the entire time, and the entire time I'm. Uh, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, this is this was a, a 25 year old conception of of uh, what was an attractive woman. Um, th- things change over the years, <laughs> and it, mm-hmm. it's been a minute. And no, those bangs aren't acceptable anymore. It, it just yeah, I uh, it was weird. Just, it was real weird. It, it, things change, and they ended up focusing oh, uh, on it so much that the timeliness of it was completely lost. When you went back and looked it at was. this, you weren't and you didn't have the the sense that they were concerned with timeliness, other than the fact that they tried to do that that faux nouveau thing. Well, it it wasn't even in that like fun kind of play, playful sexism they did like in things like Magnum PI, where you it was well paced and kind of funny that there was there was so chauvinistic. Right. It was just awkward. Especially, like, as you mentioned, like, Foss Knight totally had, like, a father-daughter connection with this yeah, chick. Yeah, he... That was the most, uh, was the it most was endearing moment of, of uh, with him in the entire show, is he actually, like, sneaks up behind the guys who are trying to abduct her and grabs the gun and just, run! Yeah, he's, 
He does. He has a complete character turnaround. That's right. Before he puts on a habit and tries to, yeah. uh, you know, panhandle whatever. Yeah. Now, um, jumping back to Barry's love life just a little bit, how annoyed were you that he never actually got together with Tina? Mm, I'm right on the 50 mark, man. On the one hand, sure, they were, they were, uh, you know, threading that leash the entire time, whatever. I mean, it, yeah, I'd like to see the... Classic will-they-won't-they trope. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see that wrapped up one way or the other, but... You know, it could just as easily have been dealt with with like uh, it, there's a there's a fun thing of uh, you, you see every now and then. There's a couple shows that have used it, yeah. it that where they have like one awkward I, kiss and then you kind of they realize you know what that that whole energy that that's you know we're friends. Okay, great. Like one awkward kiss somewhere in yeah. the middle of the season and then they're just friends for the rest of the season. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. It happens. Happens in real life for God's sake. It, I could have done either way with it, dude. I uh, If they had ended up together or ended up not, or if it had been addressed or not, fine. I just, I got bored with the trope. Yeah. Not oh. sure they would have been great together exactly, so I wasn't exactly hurt. I have to talk about this episode. I have to talk about a couple of more episodes. One, fast forward. Um, yes, it had Nicholas Pike in it, and no, I didn't like mm-hmm. that. But the idea that the Flash goes ten years into the future was so intriguing to me. I I really liked the episode despite Pike. I can deal with that. No, fast forward. I thought it was one of the uh, the bright spots. Yeah, um, one of the low spots. Be my baby. Sadly, the one with uh, Brian Cranston. How many damn times did they need that kid screaming? I don't in know. The I was so tired of hearing that baby cry, it was, and it was always was for like an Albert effect, Bell like, the entire oh. damn episode. <laughs> it's like the entire episode. It was like, just like, oh, now it's time for another comedic beat. Tina and Barry try to figure out what's wrong with a crying baby. Right. And, oh, now that wasn't enough. Let's put him in a whole room full of crying babies. I, I want to talk about Mark Hamill now. Can we Can we talk about Mark Hamill now? I'm almost sure. I mean, we can always go talk about other things if we feel like it. So <laughs> There's no guidance here. Man, I, or- I really loved Mark Hamill in his episodes. I don't know how you the know. The trickster and the trial of the trickster. Yeah, um, um, and it, the, here's the here's the fun experiment. If all you do, it, say you've made it this far into our review and still care for some reason, go back and just, it, honestly, believe us, listen to us, have faith. We're saving you from watching this series. For God's sake, don't do it. Especially don't do it. Like CWC, it's a, it's, I hate doing this to CW because they've, they've been so kind to us giving us all these shows, but their site sucks like hell. Watching mm. something on CWC it is it an does. absolute bane. They need to work on mm-hmm. that. It's like watching something on if Hulu about seven it, years ago. Yeah, if you really just have to watch it. Go um, buy it, for God's sake. It's like 10, it's 10, it's 10 bucks at Walmart, right. dude. It's a much easier to watch. And maybe there'll be a special feature. I, I I didn't do that. I actually suffered. Good one. Um Go to a Target, go to a whatever you have to. Um, it's like 10 bucks. There are bins everywhere, and anyone who's ever had them in their inventory has flushed them out because there's a current Flash series. So it's it's hanging around. Find it. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, oh, I Please, just if all you do is go, fi- like, just YouTube Trickster Hamill and close your eyes mm-hmm. and just listen. Well, one of the big, one of the really fun parts about his trickster episodes is he's not always the trickster. Sometimes he like play acts these different kinds of roles. When we first meet him, he's he's captured uh, Megan Lockhart, right? And uh, he's like this, he's James Jesse, this crazy ass magician, right? And he has a different voice and everything. And then at some point, you know, while they're looking for James Jesse, like he go actually goes into the Central City Police Station. Uh, with these weird fake teeth and does a really convincing <laughs> job as like an FBI investigator. He tricks Barry. Right. 
Uh, right, of course. Which, by the way, hard. none of these characters are that hard to right. trick in this really show. They're difficult. Half retarded. They're half retarded. They it's are pretty bad. Everyone um, here has the basic competency <laughs> of like a Gotham current Gotham series police department officer. Like I'll I'll reference the uh, the Mirror Master episode, and I think that's the last I'll reference it. Other than just like the Mirror Master was a huge disappointment and boring as shit. I, I'll I'll but say one more thing about him. Like, Give me two seconds. Sam Scudder, don't don't bother. Not worth your time. Abandon that version of Mirror Master. Stick with Evan McCullough. Mm-hmm. It will be grand. Mm-hmm. Move on. Now, I mean, they these these are people who like they got tricked by a hologram of of a cowboy. Of course, they got tricked by a hologram of a mime. They're like yelling. And we're not at talking about ind- that, independent and, groups. We're talking about the same group of people in certain circumstances. Yes. All fooled. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's just like that that hologram of that cowboy that I tried to save, and and he wasn't okay. Right. Oh, officer, I know I didn't see you come in, but thank God you're here. Something terrible has happened. Why are you ignoring me? Oh, he's a hologram. This is what we're dealing with, people. But. <laughs> I don't even, but, uh, <laughs> God, Hamill's trickster was actually like, I actually forgot where we were going, but Hamill's trickster was, was a lot of fun. The, his episodes were a lot of fun and his last, his, the final episode is the trial of the trickster. Oh, wait, I can and, take you um, back. You he, were, you were going through the fact that Hamill through his course of being the trickster takes on like three or four different characters yeah, and does, does a great job. Yeah, and that's what I was getting to. That was going what I was going back to. The trial of the trickster. Um, like he had done this whole thing where he decided that Megan Lockhart was going to be prank his little sidekick or whatever, right. and some crazy chick uh, decides that she's going to be the real prank and busts him out and whatnot. And there's this great bit where like she's successfully busted busted him out, and uh, she's even maybe even a little crazier than he is because. She doesn't like he starts going off about how he's going to be this Russian pianist next. He doesn't even care about staying the trickster. Like he's that just was, on to the next guy. Yeah, that part was kind of interesting. Like, is he's no. just he, he's like the the most villainous character actor of all time. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, you've got you're going to be the trickster, and I'm prank. Like she is committed to that. It was interesting. It was really kind of cool. part was fun, and uh, they did a fun thing where where he winds up. Uh, just being a completely misogynistic asshole, he brainwashes the Flash, mm-hmm. and by the way, he doesn't completely sound like Ham- like like the Hamill Joker here. No, no, um, no, no. only in bits. It's it's only really it's about honest to God. You you take every scene. Now we can't just say Hamill while he's in the show because you're right. He takes on several different characters. Just when he's the trickster, mm-hmm. just when he's in that costume, because even when he's just James Jesse hanging around, it's not quite the same. Mm-hmm. When he's Literally, when he has the blue cape on, just listen to that and close your eyes, and it's 50%, mm-hmm. I would say 50%, exactly what you're going to hear when you hear the Joker. There are variations and riffs, and there's all that, but like parts of it are just perfect. There, there are little giggles here yeah. and there. there. There are full-blown maniacal laughs here and there. You can just hear him asking Charlie what he thinks for his two cents. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Uh- yeah, it was it was really well done. Um, he, he's he made it work, even though they forced him to wear this awful leotard. Oh, it's terrible! And that's uh, what he looks like, though. I mean, shit. What are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah. Now he does he does make if, a couple of references about re- like, oh, it's not colorful enough. It, oh, it's too subdued. I, he he does have some fun with the fact mm-hmm. that he's wearing this awful costume. 
Oh, yeah. Now, um, he does. He brainwashes the Flash, and they go around wreaking havoc on Central City. And uh, they actually change the name of the town on the sign to Tricksterville. And at the end of the episode, after it's all wrapped up, you can see that they've changed the name back to Central City, and they've added the addendum Home of the Flash. Right. And it wound up being a really nice series ending. It was. I don't know why. I don't either. But I liked that. I mean, I liked the shot. I like the shot of him zooming mm-hmm. past, and he does. He, like, zooms past the edge of the city, and the sign wavers under the wake. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, why are we forgiving this asshole that quickly? Like, they, he, he was brainwashed. <laughs> He's a giant weapon. Like, I thought it should, like, how many were there? Were there, tw- was it 22 or 23? It was 22 episodes. Um, the 23rd episode, <clears throat> episode should have been the trial of The Flash. Mm-hmm. We could have cut out something somewhere. Um. Yeah. We'll say, "Be my baby." Oh, I have an idea. Put Brian Cranston. How about the entire else. make Brian Cranston? How about the friends. yeah, or the entire obligatory, uh, obligatory uh, Denise Crosby dates the Flash. Oh my God! Plot oh my that, dear God! I mean, that had to be that was in every like eighties, late eighties, early nineties TV show. Was Denise Crosby comes in as a hard hitting blah blah blah, and then winds up dating the protagonist, <laughs> and we move along with our day, and we never hear from her again. <laughs> I mean, I understand things were tough, Denise. I understand things yeah. were tough because you foolishly thought that you should stop being on Next Generation to, quote, pursue a movie career. Right. Then wind, wound up doing softcore porn for Cinemax. <laughs> but uh, that doesn't explain why pe- people kept employing her. No. I, to be fair, I have made worse <laughs> decisions in my life than she. And. I would venture to say I, I have suffered worse consequences than doing soft pork corn on Cinemax. Depends mm. on the uh, depends on where it is. <laughs> they weren't nearly as publici- uh, publicized, but I'm I'm sure I'm sure I could find some instance. Right, right. Um, one notable recurring uh, cast member was uh, Joe Klein. That's where I got the Joe Pike mm-hmm. from, the WCCN uh, news reporter, uh, played by Richard Belzer. Yeah. Uh, mostly known for uh, like uh, Homicide, Life on the Street, and uh, Law and Order. Now it's funny you mentioned Homicide, Life on the Street before Law and Order. Just just funny to mention him in that order in particular. <laughs> well, he was on. He was his character Munch was a main character on Homicide long before he was ever on Law and Order. Was it the other? And I, the I thought he character. appeared on. Eh, we'll get into that another day. I thought he appeared on Law and Order briefly. They pulled him in, and then he came back and solidified. Yeah. I mean, they they crossed over a lot. They were in the same universe. I don't know. Listen, uh, no one can be accountable to, to Dick Wolf's world. Not even some of his shows. Right. <laughs> I, I was a sh- like I I enjoyed Richard Belzer as an actual stand-up comedian. Um, I, I I always thought I, I I enjoyed him on all the Law and Order stuff. It was uh, you know Law and Order is something you can kind of if it's on you can kind of watch it and it's okay. I I was never just tuning in, but he's always been fun to watch. Um, th- this is no exception. I yeah. enjoyed the fuck out of him here. Yeah, but he, this is a guy that apparently, no matter what he says, like everyone in Central City just believes him. He is him. the voice. He is the voice of Central City. Well, well, yeah. Like everyone believes him wholeheartedly and blindly, unless it happens to be a woman, and she, we happen to be spending any amount of time with her in whatever episode it is. <laughs> like, if it's a woman or a cop, mm-hmm. they're gonna be like that sleaze. That sleaze ball. I kind of, I something I didn't like about the supposed voice of the city. He 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 practiced ignorance uh, a lot more often than I would I would like from the main the the main news voice in in the in the city. 
didn't seem to look into the story well, too much. Was, if he showed up and, and the flash looked no. like he was in a bad situation, he didn't bother asking about it. He just kind of went immediately to the punchline, or not even punchline, to the headline. He was one of those kind of characters. And that always well, bothers me. Well, I mean, this was the Flash being ahead of his time because the character of Joe Klein was basically uh, a foretelling, a precursor to the Fox News panelists, <laughs> or to be fair, the MSNBC panelists, or just just panelists. any of these news network people. Just uh, panelists in general. We don't watch a lot of news anymore. There are reasons. I'd like to think of him as the precursor to Vicky Vale. I, I I have to bring up I have to bring up a couple of the cops. Um, the Central City Cops. Mm-hmm. Oh man, have you have you ever seen a couple of cops who were in a, in a drama? I mean, these guys are worse than than uh, than the two guys over at Brooklyn Nine Nine that we mentioned Easily. earlier. Easily, <laughs> these these guys are awful. Uh, what was it, Murphy and uh, who was? Gosh, the guy Is that's now Scully? the mayor on the current Flash, isn't it? Huh? Oh, I'm not talking about Scully and Hitchcock now. I'm talking about ah, okay. the guys that were actually on The Flash. I'm talking about <laughs> Murphy, who was apparently a Playgirl hair in his yeah, I still with the mustache. Um, oh. I, I did, I did, uh, I did torture you with that. Yeah, I'm. I'm. At you may work. never forgive me for exactly that moment. I'm at work. I I get a. I get a text that says, you know, Murphy was a Playgirl hair. And I'm like, what? And he sends me a very vague link. I click on it and it is a naked Murphy sitting in a crouched position. Thankfully, they cut the picture off before his junk came into play, but not before the pubes. No, Um, no, no. Unfortunately, there's a whole lead up. Yeah. And he's got the mustache and and everything. And I was like, why would you do this to me? And and Jason texted back, uh, I, I require someone to share my burden or something. Right. Um, I and had then I required it. that. I required that. So I sent it to <laughs> Bethany. <laughs> oh, Bethany, I'm so sorry. Yeah. That's that's my fault. I apologize. Yeah. She was like, um, what? No, there's, there, you, I don't, you know, we're in our 30s and there's a moment where you ask for an adult. Yeah. Looking at Biff Maynard's pubes requires an adult. <laughs> so there's a whole subplot with um, Bellows trying to to prove that Murphy is the Flash, and uh, it's awful. It's, it's awful. terrible. And it's terrible. It's poorly acted. It's poorly conceived. It's poorly executed. The whole thing's God, fucking terrible. How it's bad? Just bad. How bad is their their captain? The hair lip dude. <sighs> Pretty, pretty damn bad. Like, I, the only time I actually enjoyed him was uh, the episode. I, again, we're not going to name these episodes. Come on. Um, the episode mm-hmm. where he has the the soon to be fiance that uh, that gets shot. He's actually yeah. a little bit delightful for that episode because he's kind of human. The rest mm-hmm. of the time, he's a bullhorn. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't care what he's saying. He's always just, you know, the ignorant fuck walking into Barry's office demanding something. <laughs> Right. Or he's the guy. Like the episode with the the one time where they gave Julio some real. What did you say his name was? Um, his real name. Yeah, Alex Dessert. There we go. Something like that. Okay. Well, we got close as we always do. That guy. The one time they actually mm-hmm. gave him some real work to do was the episode where it's his. It's his. You know, it's his old friend that. He's, this this amazed me. All right. So we're in the Beat the Clock episode, and Beat the Clock this was is a the time, really good episode. I have a couple of problems with the episode. 
I do too, but it was it in, it it got it, I was invested. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. I was, I, in, I was invested. I don't know how. I I had several problems. Okay. <laughs> First of all, why have I not heard that Julio's best friend is about to die until an hour before he's going to fucking die? <laughs> That's a fair Dude, point. if if I, I had I, terminal I, cancer and I told you about two hours before my last T cell went up, I think you'd be pissed. Yeah, I, I wondered I, that too. Don't get me wrong. Now, um, you 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 do you think that the the show is so unsalvageable that it shouldn't be made in some regard as far as multiverse uh, capacity? Um, do you think it's so bad that it shouldn't be a part of, of the, the current flash? Or do you think that it, it would be a welcome, uh, a welcome addition to have some storyline root off from that series? Well, and in a way they already have, we already have the trickster. Well, I know that, but you know, I'm saying like if they actually made this 1990s flash series, mm-hmm. a multiverse, like, uh, or another, a separate universe, yeah, a parallel reality that- where Henry Allen is actually Barry Allen. Right. From another timeline and basically would make the 90s Flash series canon. Would you be able to handle that? Would you be able to accept that? Absolutely. Okay. Um, I it, mean, that's it, where I stand, too. I don't think it was that bad that I would not be willing to embrace it into the canon. No. Um, I, I could pick any episode and tell you uh, a number of things that were just frustratingly bad. but mm-hmm. Most of and, it was in presentation and editing. It wasn't really so much like an unbelievability of the show. Right. Well, unbelievability of the show as a whole, no. Unbelievability. Uh, the suspension of disbelief for each character, given each scene, was absolutely a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. Anybody at any given time could be making a decision that had nothing to do with the rest of their character concepts. Yep. That was That's frustrating. That's frustrating as a viewer. Because you, you, you need to be able to put people... There's a reason pigeonholing is a problem with actors it's because we mm-hmm. get used to seeing a type and a face and a specific face even because you know we have brains and they're programmed for that you you, you grab a face you put it in a hole you put it there and you can't get out of it and mm-hmm. dude, something like this you uh, it was so hard to try to use like there there are good sides of that it's it you can use archetypes and stereotypes and you know, don't misuse the terms. Some stereotypes are good, not in the sense that they're applied to real humans. That's obviously a poor a poor use of, of the problem. Stereotypes are good because you can actually use them as part of archetypes and funnel them into a character concept and make that part of the character and then branch off from it. You can explore portions of humanity entirely by wrapping something up, pulling it in, and then spreading the tendrils. And with this, it, it was all over the place. It was schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. It, it it went there. There you could tell that there weren't really good, clear designs for each character, telling what their ins and outs were, uh, what made that character tick. Uh, hell, you I I don't think you could have told me like what kind of music each character liked on any given episode. We've already talked about the jazz. Yeah, I, certain just things about what make a person tick. They weren't they weren't there. They weren't fully developed. And when and it it was at the character's whim or at the writer's whim. I mean, yeah, it was all over the place. I mean, it was it was a little odd that you know, I mean, I guess it, one one place where they succeeded with that is like Tina McGee was always so very uh, concerned with her work. Um, I like the actress; uh, she seems a lot better on uh, the current Flash when I've seen her. And actually, it was funny. Uh, like the day after I finished uh, the like the day after I finished the Flash, I watched her on an episode of the X Files, 
Like I just turned on. Uh, I've been watching through the X Files, and she was on an episode as like an old flame of Molders, and on the same episode, Badger from Firefly was in it as a as a, a, a pyrokinetic Aww. or whatever. That's a nice roundup, right? That is. But yeah, I, her. That's a nice what for. <laughs> that is a nice what for. Um, that's for you, okay. Bethany. <laughs> let me let me look over my notes. We have notes for these things, in case anyone's wondering. <clears throat> because, for God's sake, how do you not? Um, we've hit most of them. I'm going to bring up two things. Okay. Now, I do have the words levels of cheese scratched off in a corner somewhere, but I'm assuming that we've covered that roughly, given the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Speaking of, uh, like, of cheese, uh, with mm-hmm. that costume of Barry Allen's, I mean, of the Flashes, it actually looks pretty good, but I don't imagine any possibility of him not having Fremonta cheese running around in that skin-tight suit all night. That's entirely Just fair. Saying. There's some chafing. Just yeah, there's throwing that out there. Like, I don't also, know how his genitals aren't infected, honestly. <laughs> Talking about a genuine skin disorder at this point. And, um, oh, God, I hated the costume for exactly this reason. Um, and I, I did. I genuinely hated this costume. I thought it was too muscly. It was too weird. It was. Yeah, he's pretty in shape anyway. He was in shape anyway. You could just, you could have shown him. Dude this was is in another situation shape. where they wanted this, like, molded bodysuit. And the show did a pretty good job of explaining why he had that padded suit to, like, keep his skin cool while he was running. But, um, I don't know. Half of me thought it would look really cool but for you what could it was. Have, like, in a, in a place like star labs, you can explain that you have a suit that, that, that has like a, a thermal conductor of some kind that has a, mm-hmm. whatever, anything they've done they, in the actual flash. Now, like sci-fi didn't develop between now and when the flash aired graphics, did, but HG Wells but they, was writing a hundred years ago. They spent so much money on that suit. They could have just gotten like, you know, like a water wicking suit, you know, um, that like actual runners use. Right. Painted it red or, 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 or bikers. A red version of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, mean, I mean, actual bicyclists, not bike. Honestly, the show probably would have stayed on the air if they weren't spending so much money on the suit because they had to right. make, right, make and repair that in suit. In which he cannot turn his head. Man, that was. Well, I think they they so much wanted it to be like the 89 Batman movie. So badly did they want that. It even appeared in the background with the music, yeah. as you pointed out. I forgot about yeah. I I noticed the sign. You pointed out the music. Yeah, they actually had the Danny Elfman Batman score as he's walking by a movie theater. There's a movie theater with a sign that says double feature Batman Superman. And uh, there's the actual Batman, Michael Keaton. Actually, I'm looking at it right now. I have a giant poster of it just right above, right next to my computer. Right. Um, no, you just actually own that poster, and it sits there all the time. I, yeah, I do. Um, because good for you, damn it. Yeah. So it's you know it's called back to little six year old Dave going for his sixth I, birthday to go see Batman. I I got nothing. <laughs> sounds like a happy memory. It was. I think my mom oh. referred to uh, to her car as the Batmobile for like two weeks after that. But <laughs> oh, that'd be nice. I mean, we had a lot of uh, Ghostbusters references around that time in my life, actually. But yeah, whole different we conversation. Did too. We did too. Whole different conversation. Mm-hmm. Look, um, outside of the Batman canon, all right, the eating thing, Barry yeah. eating, goes way yeah. too fucking far. There could have been I, some cutaways. They spent money. They spent actual money having someone. Take a giant like box full of cereal uh-huh. and scoop away every single spoon out of that cereal. They yep. spent time and money on that. That's that yep. cost thousands of dollars an hour in nineteen ninety or nineteen ninety one. I don't give a and fuck. I don't. 
I don't know if you noticed, but near the end of the series, they would they would just cut that out. They just had like Barry sitting there with like ten plates on top of each other, and like the there waiter being go. like another, and he's like, um, no. There you go. I it, they spent way too much time on his his eating habits. I mean, I they know did. it's a funny gag. I understand the metabolism thing. Great. It's not but at that same funny. times. It's. It's funny as a mention. It's not funny when I see him eat all this every time. And it's less funny when I... How are people not... Okay, look, one of the greatest problems... I, I want to say problems. It's it, One of the greatest psychological problems with Americans in particular is psychological concept of fat. We, mm-hmm. we, we I, I mean, it's, it's something you think of constantly. Mm-hmm. This wasn't different in the late 80s, early 90s. Like, what? Why weren't people holding him hostage... Like literally tying him to a stake, asking him how he just ate ten meals and looked like that. <laughs> there should be people holding him at gunpoint. Richard Simmons, yeah. in particular, should be holding him at gunpoint. Yeah, I mean, okay, in the in the um, in the baby episode. Uh huh. I mean, he he was like, "Help yourself to the girl with the baby who wanted a pretzel," and she takes two, and he looks like he might actually slap her. Right. <laughs> To be fair, his metabolism is much higher than even a pregnant woman's. Oh, she wasn't pregnant. I'm sure that's true. He had like a large grocery bag full of gigantic pretzels. Right. And think about the ramped up metabolism. Like if he ever fucks up and eats a piece of celery, does he just wither and lose 25 pounds body mass right then? (laughs) Is that how celery works? I was told if you eat a ton of it, you're just suddenly skinny. I don't know. Yeah. One of the uh, dangers of... Having an accelerated metabolism. Excellent. <laughs> okay, I have I have one more just little nitpicky problem with the series that I, I would be happy to point out. Uh-huh. I forget who it is, but they're mentioned as, and I'm going to quote this part, short conning, short conning for Gorilla Grodd. Yeah, that was funny. I don't know what it means. Well, a, a really short don't. con is a, is a quick job. That part's clear. Uh, yeah, that, I know what that means. I just don't know if in this universe there's a gigantic sentient gorilla running around talking about how he hates bananas to that's that's the part that i'm really concerned with is you can't just throw in a line like short conning for gorilla grod without explaining that it's daily news what has happened to this hyper intelligent gorilla Mm -hmm. well here's the here's the thing it could be that would be like an osama bin laden that was shaped like a giraffe loose in the midwest united states no, I would no. want to know on a daily basis what was happening to that guy. Number one, it's a fun throwaway line for it the was hardcore a confusing comic throwaway line. Two, it actually is a setup for a rogues um, season two. Three, it could very as smart as Gorilla Grodd is in cer- at certain junctures in the comics. It could literally be a gigantic gorilla, right? Who operates in in quiet and actually does just like give his orders through like one henchman who's in charge of, of the daily operations and carry like a little, <laughs> his own little Wayland Smithers. No one gotcha. actually knows that he is like a gigantic gorilla, like in the back office. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, that could work. So that could work. Or it could very literally just be like a really big dude named that has been nicknamed gorilla. All of these are possible. Fully admitted. I like to think is the you former. Got Any one of those things. I, I actually do prefer the former. Yeah. Um, all of these things are entirely possible. You just can't drop yeah. in the line Gorilla Grodd as though there's some seven foot nine gorilla with uh, literally, literally the man mm-hmm. is psychic. Mm-hmm. That that can't be in a universe where people are still 
so unbelieving that there could be a meta human, that there could be someone who was as fast as that. Like we we can't live in a universe with that gorilla and that man at the same time. Well, I mean, pretty much by the time that um, by the time that we got to the ghost episode, everyone was pretty believing of it. They just didn't care. They were just like, yeah, all right. There's a guy that cryogenically slept for 50 years, and there's a guy who runs fast. We're good. <laughs> yeah, the 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 show. The show got used to it over time, but it was never, I don't know, that part, that part I could, I could be considered to be, uh, being too picky at that point. Cause uh, there, there actually is, there's a, it's almost a, an agreement you make with comic book entities, uh, portrayed on screen that the media for the most part, unless you're using it for something useful, should just kind of stay the hell out of it. Mm -hmm. So you can't have every single storyline spiral into Instagram madness, you know? That's the reality of where a lot of these storylines would go. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, um, does that do it? Does that do it for us? I think so. I I can only hope that if... The only real hope we had for this is that if you were watching The Flash currently and realized that they had used a part of The Flash 90 series and were kind of curious that we've summed all that up for you and saved you some time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was our giant goal. Yeah, bad hair, bad sets, great music. Bad effects. Lack of character development. Nah, that's all I've got, man. Awkward dialogue, poor pacing. There are actual episodes. Truly bad editing here and there. Yeah, there are actual episodes, like full episodes, I would say, are mostly worth watching. Mm -hmm. Um, Right out of the gate, the Mark Hamill stuff. Um, Oh, let's do this. Um, You have the list of episode names available? um, I don't anymore. I'll pull them up real quick. Okay. Let me find it. Do 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 do. Type and stuff. <laughs> the sound of the sound of things being typed, except it's not. It shouldn't necessarily be there. It's the sound of typing. All right, I got it pulled up. Name two episodes you should watch that aren't Trickster oh. or Nightshade. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> huh? That was gonna be really. You're thinking, why did I have you pull up the sheet? Yeah, glance at the episode names. No, the trickster and trial of the trickster. That is it. Um, Not the no, two the... actual story arcs that existed there. The entire right. series, by the way, two whole story all right. arcs all wrapped up in four episodes total. Not even combined. Yeah. So you want me to name two episodes that are worth watching that don't have to do with the trickster and or what? Nightshade? Right. OK. Um, hmm. Fast forward okay. is one of them. Um, let me see. Uh, huh. Yeah, it's tough, man. Yeah, that silence is... is oh, actually, Shroud of Death Shroud of Death wasn't that bad. It was actually pretty good. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, but guess what Shroud of Death is? What? Is that not a, is, is that not a Nightshade episode? No, it's not. It's um when the neo-fascist group, uh, the, the leader's daughter, oh, goes after no. Lieutenant Garfield. Yeah, you're right. That's uh, Garfield actually being human for a second. Okay, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah I that can was buy a good that. one. That was actually a good one. Um, I can buy that. Actually, Sins of the Father was pretty good. Episode 6, uh, mm-hmm. where uh, Henry Allen is, is being targeted. They actually got into some some good stuff with uh, with Barry and his dad. Actually, for the, the first time, his dad's a human. The Barry and his dad. There's about five minutes of really good Barry and his dad stuff, and the rest of it is just yeah. Ill. Um, Honor Among Thieves wasn't terrible. It was actually pretty good. Um, that was the museum episode. I'm not saying there are a lot. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, actually, you know what? The Captain Cold episode was amazing. I really liked the Captain Cold episode. Captain okay, Cold. Captain Cold was good. Um. 
I had two picked out. Uh, as I was listening to you uh, try to find the internet, I'd picked out two. Uh-huh. I was going to say Alpha. Uh-huh. Um, I asked you Captain Cold because I thought you would actually use it. And then I was going to pull a trick answer and say Ghost in the Machine. Mm. Not. Uh, it defied my own rules was the point. Isn't it's, it's the Nightshade episode, the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, though, I actually enjoyed that villain enough that mm-hmm. by itself that episode was kind of fun. Yeah. So I was going to vote for Alpha and then about one-third of one episode that's still qualified by my rules. Right. But the unfortunate thing for you, though, is that you say that you you wanted me to pick out, like, two that mm-hmm. didn't have anything to do with the Trickster or Nightshade, and I listed, like, five or six. And then you when you four. add in, okay, four. So <laughs> it felt like more. As the flash See, goes. that's how the series goes. Um, yeah, but then you, okay, I picked out four, and then you add the two Nightshade episodes. That makes, uh, what, seven, six, something like that? I don't I've forgotten I've forgotten math. Yeah, go ahead. I think I had a, yeah. Anyway, so four, <laughs> four episodes, the two Nightshade episodes make six. Then the two Trickster, that's eight episodes out of 22. That's close to half. You you couldn't make it through the end of that sentence. <laughs> you tried. God help you, you tried. God help I you. I did. I did, but it was so bad. <laughs> and even with me adding alpha to the mix, it's still 9 of 22. Yeah. It, uh, oh, I think man. that the actually, point remains, actually, if, if anyone can, was planning on watching this, we may have saved you some time. I, Actually, we may have saved you as much time as you would f- actually spend fighting CWC to watch an episode. Right, right. Actually, I want to add Beat the Clock to my list, so that's nine episodes out of 22 that I... I I'm would, not, I'm like, not adding Beat the Clock. That'd be 10 if we're just accumulating with no vetoes. Uh, and I, if there's a veto, I'm not adding Beat the Clock by any stretch. Yeah, yeah. Tina, is that you was almost good. Like, the first five minutes of that episode was amazing. And then that everything after it, and then everything, everything went after bad. it was awful. Everything else was awful. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, okay. Gah. Well, we did what we could with this series. We did what we could. Uh, not so bad. You should banish it, though. Anywho, I think we've gone on about this for longer than it actually deserved. Oh. Uh, I mean, they put twenty-two full fifty-minute episodes into the thing, and um, we we talked about them for about I don't know what is it two episodes worth at this point almost. Yeah, mm. that is going to do it for this uh, review episode of the 1990s Flash series. We are DC on screen, and uh, we are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. If you like this show and you want to help us out, because it really does help us out, please, please give us those five star ratings and reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. And you can also find every episode at DCOnScreen.com. If you would like a similar podcast for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, go check out our our friends Matt Carroll and Jeff Randall at the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Uh, MCUcast.com is where you can find those guys. We are done for this week, and um, we will be back, uh, well, actually before the week is up, probably. with uh, it's barely it, like, because of technical difficulties, plus blah, blah, blah. We're not even close to this week. Like, realistically, we're taping seven episodes this week. Yeah, that's how it is. So uh, Yeah, that's how it really anyway, is going to roll. Until we show up with uh, more uh, DC news and reviews. It'll be fun. I mean, we got Gotham 203. We still got a news episode. The news is still breaking like all hell. And then we got Flash and Arrow 
uh, premiere this premieres. week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We're gonna have fun this week. Shit, I mean, we, we've got a lot to do. I I don't even know where to get started. I'm, it's gonna be a fun <laughs> week, as you said. All right. I regret so nothing. In, I I don't either, man. So until uh, until we see you guys again, keep some DC on your screen. Good dear God, it's a marathon. Yeah, all right. All right. Yeah, yeah, we did, right. we, did yeah. we did it. We did yeah, it. We did it. We pulled it off. We pulled it off, Morty. Yeah. <laughs> and there's our stinger. <laughs> Please don't make our bad Rick impressions a stinger to anything. <laughs> Just let them die. <laughs> let what die? Our failed attempts at mimicry. Just let them die. <laughs>